Season 1, Episode 5757, Pete's Podcast, Bible Story Evangelism, John Chapter 3, Verses 1 through 36. I have memorized uh, John 3.16, of course, and I think a lot of believers have. And uh, I added to that John 17. The Verses app I use allows you to add verses before or after. Once you, It's a good way to memorize passages. You memorize one and then you just add to it. And that's the way I got through Psalm 91, which means so much to me. My, my grandmother read it every day that my grandfather was in World War I. All right, here we go. John chapter 3. Or, yeah, John chapter 3. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. He did a lot of miracles. He started at the, the marriage of Cana, and he start, it says he did other miracles. They weren't uh, listed, at least John didn't list them. But he's got quite a name for himself already with the teacher of Israel, Nicodemus, uh, one of the leaders of the Pharisees. All right, John chapter 3, verse 3. Jesus answered and said unto Nicodemus, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Verse 5. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Holy Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now, that word spirit, pneuma, it's, it's a matter of context and interpretation. And uh, that's just the context, context, context. Except a man be born of the water and born of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, verse 6, and that which is born of the Holy Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto you, you must be born again. So we're talking about physical birth, or Jesus is talking about the, the birth of the flesh, that which is flesh is flesh, and that which is spirit is spirit. And I'm going with the interpretation that the spirit here is the Holy Spirit. John chapter 3, verse 7. Marvel not that I said unto you, you must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, and cannot tell whence it cometh or whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Holy Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto Jesus, How can these things be? When you're witnessing to somebody and they ask a question, that is really a good sign. When I asked Jack Weaver, I don't know how long he'd been talking to me that night 48 years ago, but when I said, are you telling me that going to heaven is a free gift with no strings attached? And he said, the only thing that could have landed me in the boat is a fisher of men. He said, praise the Lord, you understand it. And I know I've said that many times, but that's, that's my story. Nobody else can tell my story but me, and, and I plan on telling it. But... Um, and 
how can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, verse 10, Art thou a master of Israel? Some argue that that, that indefinite article is not there, but I would assume the definite article is not there either. But uh, So we'll just leave it at that. Some, some scholars think that it should have been a definite article, but there is a definite article in the Greek, so I think it would be there if it was there. So we'll just have to leave it at that. Art thou a master of Israel? And knowest not these things? Jesus goes on to say to Nicodemus, Verily, verily, I say unto you, We speak that we do know, and testify that we have seen, and you receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things, and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man hath received, and no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. I, I did a little study on the Son of Man, which the translators here believe that it's deity. But um, the Son of Man occurs 108 times in the Old Testament. Uh, Ezekiel is the one who mentions the Son of Man the most. And it occurs 89 times in the New Testament and Matthew is the book or the prophet or the apostle in his case that most mentions the Son of Man. At any rate, the Son of Man will be in the part of the earth uh, three days and three nights as Jonah was in the belly of the well. The Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath. Uh, the Son of Man is deity. And uh, I'm just going to go with that. The Son of Man be lifted up. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him, the Messiah, should not perish but have everlasting life. Um, so I'm going to go with that. Um, but I do want to take a look at, at Numbers uh, 21. The fourth book of the Bible, the book of Numbers. Uh, I just love this story. Um, chapter 21, starting in verse 4 through verse 9. And the children of Israel journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea. This is after they passed over the Red Sea. And uh, to compass the land of Edom. And the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. And the people spake against God and against Moses. So this was part of their punishment, was to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. And I'll tell you what, Google uh, Maps, the Sinai Peninsula, and the only difference between the Sinai Peninsula and the moon is uh, they could breathe oxygen. As far as life goes, there's nothing there. I'm sure for 40 years their children said, tell us about the Nile, tell us about fish, tell us about insects, tell us about anything. I know they had the quail come through one time in a wind, but but there's not a lot of life in Mount Sinai. It looks like just sharp rocks. Mount Sinai itself is just unbelievable. Desolation, a place that you would be complaining very quickly. And I'm not, I, I, I would, 
like to believe that these people are believers. They'd seen all the, they'd seen the Passover lamb. They'd seen the, the 10 plagues of Egypt and how God rescued them and made a mockery of the Egyptian gods in every case and crossed the Red Sea on dry land and had been fed with uh, manna and, and uh, water from a stone and uh, many miracles. But, but it's a punishment, no question about it. Eating, I don't care what it is, the same thing every day uh, would get old. And being in, in the Sinai Peninsula or the, the, possibly across into the Arabian Desert, because they did cross the Jordan, so they did go out into Arabia eventually as they wandered around. Uh, very desolate, not much there. So they were discouraged. And verse 5, the people spake against God and against Moses. Wherefore have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in, this, in the wilderness? The wilderness for them was the desert. I, you know, I, my formative years were... 10, 11, 12 were, were in uh, uh, the Ozark Mountains. And so the wilderness to me is, is uh, the, green, the green forest, but uh, at least in the summer and spring. Uh, but for there is no bread, neither any water, and our soul loatheth this light bread. So there's a little exaggeration going on here in the heat of their anger with uh, Moses and uh, God, for that matter, spake against God and Moses. And we don't like this manna, this light bread, uh, coriander and honey, whatever that tastes like. And I think they cooked it in a lot of different ways. But anyway, it doesn't matter. They were being punished for their lack of faith to go into the promised land. And that generation was going to die in the wilderness and did. And it took 40 years for that generation to die. And a bunch of them die because of this little rebellion right here. And the, I think it's Christianity 101 to say that the worst thing that can, God can do to a Christian is take him home early. He's not going to send him to hell. He's not going to kick him out of the family. He's just going to say, come here. Just like a parent would when a kid messes up. Come here. And, and these people were messing up. And, and take again, take a look at, at Mount Sinai. Take a look at the Sinai Peninsula and tell me you wouldn't be screaming your head off. So I'm cutting these. I think they were believers. They were just discouraged believers. And what we need to do is count it all joy, as it says in James. Uh, chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Count it all joy when the hurricane hits your house, when whatever happens, count it all joy. What a testimony that is. Okay, so here we go. Um, okay, so they, the, they complained to the Lord, spake against God and against Moses, wherefore have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread, ne neither is there any water, for our soul loathes this, this light bread. Verse 6, And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and much people died. They got three million people, so they got a lot of people to, to die. But they were having kids uh, during this time, and 
the ones over 20 years old, uh, 21 and up, whatever the cutoff was, they had to perish in the wilderness and their descendants. So uh, except for two of them, Joshua and uh, Caleb were the two that, that got to go into the promised land because they were spies that, that didn't rebel. Uh, the 12 spies, they were the ones that said, we can do this. And not even Moses got to go in because he struck the rock, struck the rock a second time. If I'm not mistaken, he was 120, 140 years old. He'd been with these people for 40 years. He'd finished 40 years as the son of Pharaoh. He spent 40 years as a, as the, uh, as a shepherd, a Midian, and then he spent 40 years with the children of Israel. And um, I, you know, going home to heaven would not be that bad of a punishment. But he didn't get to see the promised land and. I'm sure Moses was, was, you know, I don't know. I would have been ready to go home. You know, punish me, Lord. <laughs> take me to heaven. But anyway, that's my take on these people. I'm cutting them slack because I think I would have been complaining a little bit if I was 40 years in the desert, the desert of Sinai. So anyway, uh, the Lord sent, verse 6, the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people and they bit the people, and much people of Israel died. Therefore, <clears throat> wherefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoke, spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray unto the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. Lord, take away these serpents. And verse 8, And the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent and set it upon a pole, and it shall come to pass that everyone that is bitten, when he looketh upon it, shall live. And Moses made a serpent of brass and put it on a pole, and it came to pass that if a serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent, he lived. So that's the story of the serpent that Jesus is referring to in John chapter 3 when he says, he um, talks about um, the serpent as Moses, verse 14, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Now why did he pick a serpent. Why couldn't it have been a, a brazen lamb on a pole or something like that? I think it's because the Messiah was going to become the sin of the whole world. For God hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. The great exchange, our sin for his righteousness. And that's a good deal. And you're very foolish if you pass that up. But some, some will, some will believe, and some won't. I jumped at it when I, when I believed it was a gift. When I saw in the Word that it was a gift, the, the wages of sin is death. It's not going to church. It's not being good. The wages of sin is death. Either Christ's death on the cross, in our place, or our eternal separation from God forever, the second death, 
First death is separation from the body, nothing to be worried about unless you're not born again. If you are not born again, it's a very sad thing because you will, if you are born again since the church age, you'll be absent from the body and present with the Lord. Before the church age, they were absent from the body and in paradise, Abraham's bosom. Read Luke 16. At any rate, different times, different deals, but but now it's absent body, present with the Lord. Or if you're not a believer, you're going to be absent from the body and absent from the Lord. And Luke 16 describes that place as not a very nice place. So um, you can be mad at God about that if you want. But just remember, seek and you shall find, knock and it shall be open unto you. And the Lord is seeking to save them that believe. So he's seeking if you're seeking, you're going to run into each other. And I was seeking 48 years ago. I had no idea I was seeking, but when I ran into him, I, I recognized him. And I believed in him and have been that way for 48 years. All right, so uh, verse 14 again. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. And again, that should is on you. You should not perish, my friend. You should put your faith in Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever, he had me at whosoever 48 years ago, believeth in him, should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, verse 18. But he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. I, I guess, is that why you're not trusting Christ? I wasn't trusting Christ because I didn't believe he loved me. I didn't believe it was a free gift. I, I knew I couldn't make any promises and I wouldn't make any promises I knew I wasn't going to keep so I wouldn't make any promises and if it was a free gift I'm in and um, so I repented of my dead works and they were never gonna I never had any faith in my works never I knew they were bad and uh, I was just counting on going to hell with all my friends and everybody I knew but when I saw this that I, I there was a way to not go to hell. I, I jumped on it. But, um, so, um, I lose my place here. Um, okay, this is this is condemnation. Light is coming to the world, verse 19. But men love darkness rather than light. Their deeds are evil. It's either pride or, I, I don't know, maybe they, they think if... Uh, you know, they don't want to be in God's family because then they'd have to maybe listen to God. Uh, I don't know if you have kids, but they don't always listen. But I, I think those children, those, those people in the wilderness, I think they were believers. I think they died and went to heaven after all they'd been through. But they were discouraged, and people get discouraged. James wouldn't say, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. You know, he wouldn't have said that if it didn't need to be said. But what a great testimony for that is that when we go through hard times, we're able to be joyful about it. There's no better thing 
than that. Everybody thinks, well, if I had a lot of money, then you know people would would admire me. No, there's a lot of sad people with money. Have joy. Let that be the tenor of your life. Verse 21. He, he that doeth truth cometh to light, that his deeds may be manifest, that they are wrought in God. You know, I, those people, if they were believers, they're going to own their rebellion. They're going to say, yes, we messed up. We lost faith. You know, I challenge you to go into the Sinai Desert and not lose faith, but maybe you would have, you know, maybe Moses didn't, but even Moses lost faith when he struck the rock a second time. When the people came to him and said, we're thirsty, and, and God said, speak to the rock, and he struck the rock, because the rock represented Jesus Christ. He was crucified once for all. And so Moses messed up a type of, of Christ. And one type of Christ that we, that we have in our culture is marriage. Marriage is a relationship between God and the church. And it's a special relationship. Now, no argument that he has a special relationship with the children of Israel. But the church age is a special time. And it'll have a special reward time called the marriage feast of the Lamb. While Israel's being judged on earth and, and coming through like champions, 144,000 and all that care for them in the judgment of the nations, also known as the sheep and the goats, when the goats are cast into to hell, prepared for Satan and his angels, and the believers are live on into the millennium for the next thousand years until there's a new heaven and a new earth, and this earth passes away with a great noise. The scientists are right. You know, things are running down. There is a thing called the second law of thermodynamics. You go from order to disorder, and unless you put energy into it, but at any rate, okay, well, we're, uh, what do we have left to do here? We just got this passage, which is really switching to John the Baptist now. Jesus did most of the talking in uh, John chapter 3 up to verse 21. Now from verse 22 to 36 is pretty much all John the Baptist, a little bit of his disciples. Chapter 3, verse 22. After these things came Jesus and his disciples into the land of Judea, which I think was the Jordan Valley. And there, there he tarried with them and baptized. And John also baptized in Anon near Salem because there was much water there and they came and were baptized. It's called the Jordan River from the Sea of Galilee to the Dead Sea. And the Dead Sea is dead because it has no outlet. And I'd say you being a dead Christian, if you don't have an outlet, you know, you should be fishers of men. Uh, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. If you're not fishing for men, you're not following Christ. And that's exactly what I'm doing with these podcasts. And very happy to do it and very fulfilled in this outreach. Hope, thinking that it could last for some time. I don't know how long these, these sites will be open, but they're open now. Uh, John 3.24, John, John the Baptist was not yet cast into prison. So it's getting close to the end of his life. Uh, John was a prophet before Christ and then baptized Christ in John chapter 2. And uh, there arose and said, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And he recognized his first cousin who he grew up with, his beloved first cousin, cousin of Aunt Mary, uh, wife of Joseph, and his mother, Elizabeth, the beloved aunt of, um, or cousin, uh, first, first cousin once removed of Jesus, because she, Mary and Elizabeth were 
cousins, if I'm not mistaken. All right. So anyway, um, we're all cousins to one degree or another through Adam. All right. Moving right along. Um, John, verse 23. And John also was baptizing in Anon of Salem, Salem because there was much water there and they came and were baptized. So people were coming to John to be baptized. And John was not yet cast in prison. And there arose a question between some of John's disciples and the Jews about purifying. So the Jews would come out of Jerusalem and, and listen to John and and uh, hear John and watch him baptize people. And, and, uh, and they, uh, verse 26, and they came unto John, his disciples came unto John and said unto him, Rabbi, he that was with thee beyond Jordan uh, a couple of days ago, that you... To whom you bear witness, behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Uh, this is the Son of God, you said. Behold, the same baptizeth, and all men come to him. So we're not drawing that big of crowds right now, John. They're over, you know, down the river a little ways with Jesus, and, and his disciples are baptizing them. And John the Baptist um, answered and said in verse 27, a man can receive nothing except it be given him from heaven. You yourselves bear witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but that I am sent before him. He that hath the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom that standeth and heareth him rejoiceth greatly. Because of the bridegroom's voice, this my joy, therefore, is fulfilled. He must increase, but I must decrease. He that cometh from above is above all. He that is of the earth is earthly and speaketh of the earth. He that cometh from heaven is above all. And what he hath seen and heard, he testifieth, and no man receives his testimony. He that he hath received his testimony, he that hath received his testimony, has set this, his seal that God is true. That's what you do when you trust Christ. You're believing that God is true. One of my favorite words is legit. It's a young person's word, at least it was when I heard it, but I like it. To me, it's a great adjective. Uh, to say someone is legit or true is, is, is awesome. Uh, verse 34. For he whom God sent speaketh the words of God, for God giveth not the Holy Spirit by measure unto him. So, um, yeah, we need to believe in the God that sent Jesus Christ to pay for the sins of the whole world. That's what I did. I believed in the God of John 3.16, the God that so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but everlasting life. The Father loveth the Son and hath given all things into his hand. I think he does all the judging. You know, we have an advocate with the Father. It just so happens to be the judge. Yeah, you can't beat that. Um... Verse 35, the Father loveth the Son and hath given all things into his hand. 
He that believeth, here's the, here's the gospel according to John the Baptist. Whosoever, he that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. I have everlasting life because my faith, the object of my faith for everlasting life is the Son of God. In the beginning of the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. I believe in the, in the God of John 3.16. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. He that believeth not the Son, if that's you, my friend, I feel sorry for you. He that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Ooh, God's a wrathful God. Yeah, and Christ bore the wrath of God on the cross, even the death of the cross. For you and for me and for the sins of the whole world. As Moses lifted up the serpent, so must the Son of Man. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. The God of glory became a serpent, a symbol of the sin of the whole world. And all you have to do is look to him in faith and you'll be saved. I'm going to say adios, which means to God. And I'm going to say vaya con Dios, go with God, which I think is the greatest way to say goodbye. So vaya con Dios.